Still trying to herd all those ducks into a nice neat row before you get started with your business or project? Maybe you've already started, but your fear is stopping you from up-leveling. Or maybe you've spent your life saying yes to everyone else, but committing to yourself is still on your to-do list. Hi, I'm Claire Barton, and I'm a recovering perfectionist too. Welcome to the show where I share simple, practical, and mindset tips to get you doing work you're passionate about, making the money you want, and spending your time and energy building your dream lifestyle. Hello, Recovering Perfectionist. It's Claire. Welcome to the show. And I have got the amazing Shilpa Agarwal with me today, who is a book coach amongst many other things. Um, welcome to the show, Shilpa. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Claire. Um, so it's such you. a pleasure. You know, it to- is such a pleasure. So to give um, people a bit of a background, you and I have known each other online for a few years, I think. Yeah. Um, I think the first time that we actually spoke to each other was just after I started this podcast and I came onto a, um, an interview series that you were doing and ended up using that recording on my podcast with your permission because it was such a good chat and it really, um, I often talk to people about when I was really defining my message and what it was all about, you asked me the most incredible questions which led me down the garden path to actually work out what the hell I was doing. So wow. um, it's awesome to have you here and to have you on my show um, and I know you've had lots of iterations. I've met you in person when you were traveling around Australia, what, two years ago or something, and your yeah. husband and your lovely child. And we've met each other a few times along the way at Seven Sisters and, and all that sort of thing. So it's awesome to, um, to have you on the show and to be able to pick your brains about your beautiful business and your book coaching and all of these amazing messages that I see you putting out into the world. So Welcome again and um, love you to introduce yourself um, and tell us a bit about you and what you're doing these days and then we'll jump into our amazing combo. Sure. So it's the hardest question, you know, you asked me (laughs) right at the beginning. Um, What do I say about myself? Well, guys, I'm Shilpa Agarwal and I am a new Australian. (laughs) So that's the most exciting thing. I, I migrated from India to Australia um, five years ago and I'm recently an Australian citizen. I've been coaching for the last five years, pretty much started the moment I arrived in Australia and have been running this coaching business with my husband's support Um, and I'm a book writing coach. So I'm really passionate about helping coaches, consultants, basically any expert or practitioner or practitioner of a modality uh, when they've got something a story in them to share which the world needs to read and also educate themselves a bit about the modality learn more um, which gives you the positioning the you know yeah the positioning the credibility the authority uh, through you know through your book so that's what my work is all about so juicy and that's what um, when I saw you speak at um, Seven Sisters earlier this year 2019 it was really great to um, you know hear how you talked about the worthiness and the storytelling and that everyone has a story and all that sort of thing it was a lot of light bulb moments for everyone in the room I'm sure. Beautiful now I want to jump straight into this because I know um, right before we had a right before we started recording, we had a bit of a conversation that got very deep very quickly, and we're not going to go quite that crazy today on the recording. Um, But I really love the the number one thing that you brought up was, you know, the fact that we really don't have anything to prove and we don't have anything to, to defend, nothing to prove, nothing to defend, and that I think is 
a really beautiful um, version of you know the the being authentic and and staying aligned and all of that sort of thing but in words that god it just it really hit home for me so tell us where does that come from for you why is that important to you what what's what's the story behind nothing to prove nothing to defend for you at the moment yeah thank you for asking and i think i i've not sh- i have shared this story in a few places but today it's going to be like yeah once again <laughs> so this happened to me nearly three or four months ago now where it was just a beautiful autumn morning and Claire I don't know if you heard of this one like I wanted to go for a run I yes in in when we chatted earlier or in the um, okay right but Uh, I don't know I don't know the whole story so tell us the whole thing yeah so I wanted to go for a run and it was 10 o'clock and I could not give myself the permission to just go for a run, do something that feels good to my heart right now because the sun was shining and very soon the winter is going to be around and there's going to be not so much sun. Uh, My mind was kind of raising all these objections that if you go for a run at 10 o'clock, like 10 in the morning, who does that? Who, which serious business owner does that? If you do that, you know, the, the, like they will know who's the day. I don't know. Who am I trying to prove anything to? They will know that you're not serious about your business and then no one will work with you. And then just like over dramatizing it, you know, have, we all have done that mm-hmm. uh, in various situations, but basically I just, I just told my husband who was sitting next to me. I'm like, I feel like going for a run. He's like, yeah, go, you know? And I was, I was like, how can he be so easy? You know, <laughs> I wanted him to stop me and say, Shilpa, it's 10 o'clock. It's time to work. You know, are you putting posts out on Facebook? That's, that's what it is time to do. <laughs> so anyways, he's like, yeah, go. And then I had to create my own obstacle because it can't be that easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm not worthy. <laughs> that was the, the story. Mm. Uh, and then I'm, I just created this uh, excuse. I'm like, oh, you know what? Uh, I will do it when Arya comes back from school. So I'll just take her around for a stroll and I'll go for a bit of a walk with her. Mm-hmm. And that day when she came back from school, which she usually does not, but she just, she was so tired. She went straight for a nap. So that was such a relief because now I got <laughs> an excuse yeah. so I went for the run. But there was some message which was really kind of knocking on me. It was trying to wake me up and give me this epiphany. Uh, and then the next day, again, so I was in my office the next day, very early, eight-ish. Arya was back to way to school very, very early. And I spent from eight till almost 10 or 11 fidgeting with different ideas of what can I do now? Okay, let me start Facebook marketing. No, but you know, I think I'm feeling a bit, let me read a book. Oh, but let me listen to an audiobook. Oh, but let me work on my own book. So I was just switching context and not getting anything done until around 11 ish enough was enough. And I was like, Aki, I'm going for this run. (laughs) He's like, yeah, you said this yesterday as well. (laughs) Um, 25 hours later, you actually go for the run. Yeah, I did go for the run. And it was in that run. Like I actually gave myself the biggest permission, you know, just to be me and just to have nothing to prove, nothing to defend, anything to anyone. And then when I came back from, so I was like crying, you know, throughout the run because I was just having these massive epiphanies and realizations about how I have been treating myself, ill-treating myself. 
And I felt, uh, you know, if this was the kind of boss I was going to be, if this is the kind of life I was going to live, I might as well go and work for someone else, you know, yeah. who treated me like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I came back and I just started journaling out, you know, uh, everything that was pouring out of me. And that's when I just found myself writing this word uh, called enoughness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I kind of, so I, we've not talked about enoughness before, but enoughness is, it's, it's the name of my upcoming book, hashtag enoughness. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the direction my work is taking, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. You're <sighs> it's such a breath of fresh air to hear this. Every mm-hmm. time, one of the big things that um, you may know that I talk a lot about and that often ends up coming up in these conversations um, around giving yourself permission and having some sort of thing that happens that you go, you finally go, right, enough's enough. I'm just doing it. I just have to do it or whatever happens. And sometimes there's a catalyst, sometimes it's external, sometimes it's internal, but there's always this realization where you go, oh my God, what have I been doing? What have I been doing to myself? But what the biggest thing that happens, and I'd love to know how and if this has shown up for you, is that when we finally give ourselves permission to do that and we work through it and we have these moments and we share it with the world, which feels vulnerable and scary and all that sort of thing. But when, as soon as we do it, it leads the way and it opens the door for other people to do the same. And that's actually a really good reason, if you need another excuse, to do the thing, a really good reason to do the thing, if it's not enough to just do it for yourself, but also you know that, you know, once you've done that process a few times that everyone else goes, oh, well, I'm going to go for a run too. Or I'm going to sit down and watch Netflix and not apologize to anyone. Or I'm going to whatever. I'm going to actually take a lunch break rather than, um, you know, sitting at my computer and working and that sort of thing. But when you do it the first time and you share about it, it holds the door open for other people to do the same. Have you you found the same? Absolutely. (laughs) Claire, it seems like you've had a peek into my notes. Like literally the next (laughs) point that's written is stop making it about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because seriously, uh, I think up until the point where I was not giving myself that permission to just be free. It's not about the run, but, you know, do whatever my heart desires and not have anything to prove to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I lost the track. Yeah, that's right. it. it, is, it <laughs> it's such an important thing to, um, to be able to follow your heart. And, and I mean, I'm, as you know, I'm all about structure and systems and processes and, plans and all of that sort of thing and and having some sort of map to follow but it's a journey right I'm sort of like I'm I'm moving down towards the you know the more the other end of the spectrum which says just go with the flow and just see what comes next and that sort of thing I'm nowhere near that end but I'm I'm edging my, my way to the middle because you do you do have to go with it and you do have to feel what you actually want and give yourself permission to just play and experiment and also to stuff it up and if it goes wrong like okay. unless anyone dies, it's not really a big deal. You can just decide okay. to not go for a run at 10 o'clock the next morning, <laughs> but yeah. you know, like who cares, you know, yeah, totally. yeah. you know, but coming back to, you know, stop making it about yourself. Like there are people, there are coaches who are, you know, who say I work with, I help people overcome past traumas or, you know, I'm a hypnotic coach and I help people overcome eating disorders and, you know, all these very powerful uh, pieces of work that needs to be done and they're not sharing themselves enough or they're not sharing their story Mm. because you know all they're worried about is how do I look on camera or how do my words sound or is my grammar not good enough Mm. Uh, 
while there are people committing suicide for these uh, reasons, you know. Mm. And so we just need to get that perspective, you know. And mm. of course, like, you know, if don't think of suicide, I mean, you know, yes, people are committing, taking extreme steps. Mm. But even if someone's not taking an extreme step, there's so much pain in their heart. And if your work, your message can ease it for them, then that's good enough reason to get out of, you know, your way and their way. I saw a really beautiful quote on probably Instagram or something in the last couple of days that said something along the lines of whatever you're going through now will become part of your story in the future that will become part of someone else's guidebook to get through. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, that just, yeah, it really hit home. It just really was like, yeah, it's so true, you know, and, and, I think particularly for people and particularly for women in general, but particularly, you know, very sensitive women or women who are the, you know, the overgivers and we really pride ourselves on doing things for other people. I'm trying to use that for myself as an excuse to get over my own shit because as much as I know it's really great for me and the more I do it, the more I'm comfortable with it. But the first couple of times that I had this realization, I was like, maybe if I just switch it up in my mind, like I'm going to be brave for them so they can be brave and they can do the things that I can see if they could just get over this visibility thing, for example, would make everyone else's lives, the entire, it would change the world. So if I can just be brave just this one time and take this tiny step, then that will mean three other people will be brave and take a tiny step, which would literally change the world. And, you know, just, just a little while ago, you were talking about, you know, going in the flow and surrendering. So there's two, two aspects of uh, flow that I'm reminded of. One is, can we really practice a lot more surrendering and like, you know, our need to know who is going to read our book is our need to control, right? Like if I write my book, I don't even know if enough people are going to read it. That's our need of con- need for control. Right. But can we surrender and can we trust that the universe is going to take your book and your message to the very people who need it, you know? Right. And for us to expect or worry that, oh my God, who's going to read the entire book? There's a lot of waffle in there, right? Uh, But again, that's our expectation. How can we impose it on others that you better read my entire book? They might not need to. They might just need to read one para and they'll be sorted for the moment, you know, and they'll kind of go make some shit happen. So that's that's the thing about surrender and flow. Mm. But I also see a lot of people uh, kind of abusing this concept of flow and surrender and saying, I am not writing my, or, you know, I'm writing my book in flow or I'm waiting for it to come to me, (laughs) you know, and that is a very elegant excuse. (laughs) (laughs) That is beautiful. So is what you're saying that there is a, there's a sweet spot between surrender and letting it come and letting it download whatever your words are but also in having some form of structure and process and discipline yep 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 and and one or the other doesn't work it needs to be a bit of a combo of both yeah yeah great that's good to know so you know surrender (laughs) the things that are really not in your control you know so like who reads your book is not in your control you can do all the right marketing actions and who reads your book is not in your control because you might want, like I might want a Claire to read my book, but Claire doesn't care. So 
a bit of poetry there. I really does care. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> so what, if, what if Claire doesn't care, but a Jamie does, you know, or whoever, right? But a Tina does. So let them pick your book because they need it and let you not control who needs to need it, right? And tell me, with, with regards to that, how much of the book writing process and publishing and marketing is for the author versus the audience? What do you think? Well, I don't know. Because I think the process of actually writing a book, no matter what happens afterwards, is always going to be incredibly powerful and amazing for the person who's writing it. It's like journaling, right? You kind of can't not have a it is, thing yeah. from it. But how, where do you think, and is, is there like a, a sweet number where you're like, this is just for me, I'm just getting this out of my system because it needed to come out or I'm, I'm writing this because I want it to help someone else? So very, very good question. Thank you for asking that. Um, and there's actually an exercise that I take all my authors through right pretty much in step one and they've got to kind of you know write down on paper some real reasons as to what's in it for them themselves and what's in it for their readers so whenever I get on a chat with you know someone who wants to write a book and I'm asking you know why do you want to write this book and they try to prove a bit of a over-serving message. Like, I want to serve. I want to serve. This book is for others. This book is purely for them, right? And that's good from the point of stop making it about yourself. But if you don't have a personal, uh, what can I say, you know, interest, like yeah. a, if you're not invested in it and don't have a personal motive, then you're going to lose momentum and you're never going to finish the project. So also it's important that we be very clear on what's in it for me. So I'm doing this book. I'm writing this book because I want to finally grow my business to six figures. I want to be able to start charging premium prices. I want to have uh, something tangible to show to people, uh, you know, something for them to take away, you know, yeah. take home. Yeah, of course. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily even need to be about money. Like it can be I mean, about, yes, I just want to be rich and famous. I just want to be famous. I just want Absolutely. to see my book I want to be, <laughs> Yeah, I want to be taken seriously, you yeah. know, like, and the book is just evidence that I've done the work mm. and I've gotten out of my way and cared to put some message in the book. Mm. Even if the message might evolve and change and it's not permanent, it's not perfect. So yeah there's always more books to be written i've found um this is ridiculous i've been talking about this for so long but i'm about a third of the way about fifteen thousand words into my book and i have done most of that almost two years ago when i was sitting in india by yeah. the beach for a week yeah, yeah um and i haven't i haven't quite gotten there but i'm like oh, there's so many others there's at least two other big chunky ones that are in my head i kind of know what's going in them already but I really want to finish this first one. Otherwise, I know it'll just sit in my Google Drive from now until the end of eternity and never actually get yeah. finished. So it's not like, and it's the same with everything. It's a bit of an experiment. You do one, tick, done, good, do the things, and then you can move on to the next one. Like nothing is set in stone. You know, it's not going to break you completely. So it's you, know, you know, Claire, very good. Uh, you know, you just brought that up. If you would have published that book two years ago, are there chances that your message from two years ago would be very different from what you say now. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, 
could there be contradictions to yourself mm. highly likely yes <laughs> you know yes. and is that okay <laughs> yes like yeah. you know we are not we're dynamic living human beings mm. every moment is different our heart is beating like every second so mm. are we allowed to change and are we allowed to still be okay with saying something contradictory in the first book or and it's never going to be like you know highly contradictory but still like you know yeah allow your message to evolve because yeah beautiful absolutely yeah so if we can just pull this back into um, the recovering perfectionist, because obviously we're talking a lot on the show about um, tips and tricks and tools and, and ways that you can kind of get over the fear or the procrastination or the excuse making or whatever it is, um, particularly as it pertains to writing a book. So I know you talk a lot about you are worthy of a story. Everyone has a story. You you don't necessarily have to have the rags to riches story for it to be a really great story and all of that sort of thing. So tell us what are some of the tips and tricks that you can share with people who are perfectionists or not, but they're not getting the thing or they don't have the confidence to get started or they're halfway through and haven't finished or what's like, what are some of your top things to get over the mindset and the practicalities of actually getting a book out? Perfect. Okay. So the first thing I would say is structure before creativity. Um, And as much as people believe that book writing is a creative project, it is, but your creativity needs a bit of a structure to thrive. And how I mean that I'm going to take a very simple example. If you're looking to paint, the basic structure and the basic discipline you need is that you need a piece of paper or canvas on which you're going to paint and brushes and you need the you need the basic tools right and you t- need to block a time or just hold the brush in the in your hand and get started so that's a very basic piece of structure just giving yourself okay this is the sheet on which i'm going to paint right uh, it's just like that for writing your book a lot of people think it has to be you know uh big chunky ideas they need to flow but then they don't know why they're not flowing because you've not given yourself uh, an outline so before you start writing your book the the simplest uh, what can i say chunking down activity that you can do is to bullet everything out you know what why are why are you writing this book so like write down whatever 10 15 20 reasons why people need to read this book that's kind of going to make up your intro chapter um you know as in what's your intention for this book and then just take one bullet at a time and elaborate on it or you know just like move the bullets around make them sequential logical and then just elaborate on it so if i can like totally minimize the you know make it as simple as possible the book writing process that's what it is about Uh, and then write down a bit of agenda like what what are the aspects that you want to cover in the book what will you teach what do the people need to know what are some mindset things and what are some strategic or technical things right so these few categories like the why and the what's uh just bullet it out and elaborate on it it's really that simple And what about the consistency? Like, you know, there's a lot of talk about how long does it take to write a book and there are people who teach you to write a book in a weekend and people who say, if it takes you 10 years, that's okay. 
Is there a sweet spot? Is there a special time? Do you try and put some parameters around let's get it done and move on with our lives or is it just a how long is a piece of string kind of a question? Sure, right. So, you know, uh, and I've had my struggles with finding this answer myself. Um, so, yes, there's everything available out there in market. There's like, you know, a weekend project versus uh, whatever, two-year, whatever, right? So I really believe that moderation is the key. And I'm, I'm getting this inspiration from uh, my meditations, you know, where really it's not worth getting too attached or too detached or trying to do something super slow or super fast. So um, I take my clients on a journey of six months where I think three months is a good enough time to write your book and then allow yourself the next three months for uh, editing, cleanup, you know, publishing, launch, cover design, all the techie bits, right? Um, yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. So I think... Um you know, something that we talk about quite often is obviously consistency. So having probably, you know, finding again that sweet spot for, for and w- which is different for everyone. Some people might decide to take four weeks off and literally just go and sit by the pool and write their book. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people need to pound out 15,000 words and then leave it percolate for a little while and <laughs> keep mm-hmm. coming back to it. But some people, you know, um, I've tried the whole sit down and just write for half an hour every morning and that lasted for like one morning because life just got in the way, kids, all that sort of thing. However, I also realized for me, I can definitely be more consistent with it, but I'm busy making excuses. So I'm going to be going and re-looking at that after this okay. recording. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's um, definitely something to be said for acknowledging how you work best and going with your own cycles of, energy and motivation and also needing the percolation and rest time right so giving yourself permission to not necessarily feel like you know if you've set yourself a goal to do half an hour of writing each day and you got to Thursday and you haven't done it don't beat yourself up about it just keep trying to tweak your system and get consistent in other ways so that it doesn't end up being something that's a 10-year project and never actually ends up getting finished yeah yeah so for which you know um a very, I can, I can give you a few examples because, you know, when I, whenever I'm doing Facebook posts or, or posts or I'm calling out, out for what's happened to my language or when I'm calling out for, uh, you know, your top challenges mm. when writing a book, the, the most commonly asked question is, where do I get started? Mm. And people don't get started because they think they cannot see the finish line. Or basically, it's that need for control. I need to have all the answers before I can get started, right? But, you know, when you're driving from an Adelaide to Sydney, you can't see all the turns on the way. You've got to drive this lane and then take the left and then see the, you know, the, the next road, right? So it's just like that. Yes, beautiful analogy. And again, we talk about that a lot. And that's a really big thing, a really, really common theme with um, people who you know, call themselves perfectionists and that sort of thing is that most of us won't even start something unless we know exactly what the end product is going to look like and every micro step in between there and where the money is coming from and what we're having for dinner next Friday and who's going to support us and blah, 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 like all these things. I know. And that, that in itself, even just that micro thought, which most of us as women will go through in five seconds when we're in the car and we're like, that's a great idea. 
all these things that we should think about. Okay, let's just pop that back in the toy box. It all just got too overwhelming. So, mm. yeah, I think, you know, it's... Um, this reminds me, you, you had recorded your intro to the podcast in the car, didn't you? I when did, you yeah. <laughs> and I've had a heap, uh, probably another 5,000 words of the book that I've transcribed using an, um, an online robot. Yeah, yep. I was driving back from the Sunshine <laughs> Coast, the other direction from where I did the intro for the, for the podcast, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my best thinking in the car and my best speaking <laughs> as well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, yeah, thinking about coming back to, you know, what can we, there's, there's a few tools that I'd like to share for recovering perfectionists. Right. Thank you. And one of them is the worry purge. So, you know, because just like you said, we need to have, you know, all the things that we need to know all the answers to. Um, if you're feeling overwhelmed, or if, you're, if you're just not able to get started, there's some discomfort or there's some unacknowledged worry uh, that's waiting to be seen it just needs that uh, significance that you've seen it you know so I often do this worry purge exercise when I'm feeling really lost or directionless or you know I come to my office and I'm like oh my god what do I do today um, just literally on a plain whatever empty page starts start writing all the things emotional or tangible like I have no idea where the money is going to come from or I don't know where my next client's coming from. I don't know when I'll finish my book. I don't know what's happening to our relationship. It could be anything, but just write them, write them all down. And then just kind of, you know, take them like a, with a, with a tick or a cross. Are these things worth worrying about? Which are the things that you can do something about and which are the things that you cannot do anything about? Um, but, you know, like even before you take the second step, you will feel so much lighter because the worry that was kind of trying to get your attention has now got its rightful place on paper and it kind of knows that it will be attended to, mm. you know, and it, it will stop bothering you. Yeah. I can't tell you how much I love that. It's, um, I've always, I think, I can't remember when I first did it, but I, I would have been maybe eight or nine and I guess we probably talked about it at school or something about writing down all the things that went wrong in your week or all the things you were sad about or angry about or whatever and then doing something with that piece of paper and, um, you know, there's lots of different words for it and I had another person who said get a balloon and as you blow every exhalation that you blow into the balloon you're thinking about and there goes that worry and there goes that worry and then you either tie it off and let the balloon go not great yeah. for the environment we know that these days or you let it go or you put them all in there tie it up and pop it and then pop it in the bin, whatever you do but yeah. like there's all of these things that seem so almost seem juvenile and like why would I bother but the actual act of doing it I completely it's agree I sacred right like you know, in my one-on-one -on -one coaching we often do the first thing we often do with a, in a big series especially is just do a brain dump I'm not yeah. going to say anything I just want you to get all the shit out of your head that's worrying you pissing you off not working working thinking about could do should do would do all of that sort of thing and I every single time we do that by the end of it their shoulders are visibly lower their voice is lower and calmer, their eyes are more open and it's literally just like they've released this thing and, and, and then we can move on. Then we've got it all out there and it's like, it's like writing everything down on post-it notes and then you can just organise the post-it notes or it's like, I don't know, I don't know another analogy, but it's just, it just makes it so much easier to organise your thoughts when they're not all in your body. 
<laughs> or your head. Exactly the same for book writing, right? Mm. Like you have, you think you have a lot of content and it's overwhelming because you might lose them, your ideas, they're not coming to mm. you. Or you think you don't have enough content because you've not made your ideas tangible. You know, once you start writing them down, you'll realize like you have content for 10 books. Yeah. So, um, Oh, so many beautiful things. So um, I think we all want to write a book now. <laughs> um, and I really love all of those tips. I think it's just made it really, um, you know, I love having a mixture of the mindset stuff and also of the practical stuff. I'm a, I'm a very practical person, so I definitely need lots of practical stuff. And the mindset thing is crazy important as well. But if I don't have some of the practical stuff, I won't. It's just not a thing, right? And there are other people who are the other side. So I love that you're a beautiful mixture of both of those things and that you've had so much of your own story to, um, to influence all of your um, beautiful coaching as well. So tell us, um, you've got a freebie and we'd love to get our hands on that. So tell us how we can find that and how we can follow you as well. Sure. So you can follow me on Facebook on my business page. It's very easy. It's facebook.com slash Shilpa book coach. So just start that in continuity. And that's my business page. Okay. Uh, by the way, on my business page, starting the first of May, I started a 365 Facebook live. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm on day 57 today. So <laughs> You know, you will you will see a lot of Facebook lives over there. Just catch congratulations. That's when you can. Yeah. So that's happening on the business page. Um, and for the freebie, I invite you to have a sixty minute session with me, a sixty minute chat where we can actually get you started. So you never ever say that thing again. Hmm. I don't know how to get started. You know. Nice. Um, we're gonna just look at your ideas. We're gonna put them in perspective. Uh, talk about the why, the what, and align it with, you know, your business goals. That's what I actually enjoy the most about this session as to why you're writing this book, because clearly you want to make more money. I mean, uh, as much as we don't like to talk about it, I want to make it really, really, I want to normalize it, right? Uh, you know, like we really want, need to be open about growing our business. And that's why I want to write the book, because we want people to truly know our value. So that's the whole strategy that we do in that session. You can access that session um, by typing bit.ly bit.ly slash forward slash my book map. Uh, you can type this in all caps or all smalls. It works the same. Amazing. I'm going to run and get mine. I think I have got that somewhere, but uh, I can't get that again. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Shilpa. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you today. And um, yeah, I love watching your journey. I love hearing you speak. I love your books. I love your process and everything. So thanks so much Thank for coming you. on The Recovering Perfectionist. Thank you. It has been such an honor. And I just loved where the conversations took us. Yeah. I really look forward to hearing from... A whole lot of you are listening Yay. to this podcast. <laughs> okay. Look out all the Recovering Perfectionist <laughs> books coming at you. <laughs> Thanks, Shilpa. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.